Dead by Daylight, a competitive multiplayer horror game where four survivors try to avoid being slaughtered by a vicious killer. Can our hosts survive a story of such violence, suspense, and incredibly copyrighted serial killers? Find out on this episode of Game Reel. Welcome to Game Reel. I am your spookiest host, Cassidy Easton, and with me are my equally spooky hosts, Annika Gatormson and Matthew Brennan. How's it been, guys? <laughs> How are you doing on this full moon, apparently? There's a full moon tonight, did you know? Oh, really? No. Yeah. It's imbuing oh, wow. us with spooky energies. Well, that makes sense, because, you know, I was planning on just getting straight up naked and walk, running around, but I didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where three, you know, recent college grads get together and, you know, try and write movies about their favorite video games. Tonight, we are discussing the multiplayer competitive game Dead by Daylight. It is a game where four players work together to escape the... Um, pursuits of a deadly killer and the deadly killer is also played by another human being the goal is to repair five generators before all of you are sacrificed to this creature called the entity by the killer and the and then uh escape through one of two gates it's a pretty simple concept but the game is very complicated there are lots of perks and add-ons and it has a pretty crazy meta and is changing all the time. There are 22 playable killer characters and there are 24 playable survivor characters. Some of the half about half of the killers are made up original creations by the studio. I believe they're called Behavior. They're a Canadian video game dev studio. Another half of them are killers from popular media such as Scream, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. But yeah, that's the basic gist of the game. I think I'm primarily the one who plays it the most, although I think you guys have... What's your guys' experience with the game? I've had some friends who have streamed it in the past. Like I had a friend freshman year who would stream it, and sometimes I would watch their streams. And yeah, but aside from that, I've never played it. Yeah, I uh, I actually kind of just recently got into this game. It was I've only been playing it for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, because I also only used to see people stream it, and I got really intrigued when I saw how like very complex this game is. Mm -hmm. What would you guys say your favorite killer is? I would ask you about your favorite survivor, but they're just you know humans, and they're kind of boring. So, <laughs> Cassidy, you can start. Uh oh, okay. Um, I actually don't really have an answer for this. I would probably say it's Mike Myers. Hmm. Uh, just because he's very interesting and fun to play, and I love the first Halloween movie. Um, I I'm a big Texas Chainsaw guy, so I, mm -hmm. I love Bubba. Love that he's in there, and you know he's making all his silly noises and whatnot. He's <laughs> making all his moves. Yeah, I do wish he had the skin from uh, Texas Chainsaw too, because hot takes I preferred that one a lot more. But you know, what what does he look like in Texas Chainsaw too? He's got a he's got a very handsome suit, and his uh. Oh. His mask is a little different. Yeah, you can change his mask up a little bit in the game. I've not figured out how to do it, 
I think I have to play Survivor in order to do that, and I refuse to do such a thing. Annika, do you have a favorite killer from this game? Yes, okay, my favorite killer is Pyramid Head. Mm, Um, And I think it's just because, for whatever reason, whenever anyone brings up Dead by Daylight, my first thought is Pyramid Head, and I think that's because his design is so funny to me. (laughs) He's, He's just a dude with a pyramid on his head why we don't know why <laughs> yeah they never really explain in the silent hill games i don't it's think it's just kind of there yeah well you know like as a kid when he would walk around in the streets he'd see like a traffic cone and he'd pick it up and you know the rest is history do you guys have pitches do you want to get into that yes sir Mine's, mine's a bit of a doozy, so I wouldn't mind going first. <laughs> All right, okay, go for go it. In a town cloaked in supernaturally high humidity levels, four meddling kids in search for clues find the truth is closer than they think, and it might kill them. So I was very intrigued about reading about the entity and Benedict mm-hmm. Baker. So, yeah. you know, the humidity levels is like a way of me being like, I don't know how to fit in, but like the fog and... The cosmic elements of it I like a lot, and I'd like to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like um, Benedict Baker to secretly be the killer. From what I understand, like as you play the game, you kind of get continuously more and more deranged, and so like mm-hmm. things start changing around you. Read yeah. something about spider legs. So I was thinking perhaps uh, Benedict was someone who was a survivor for like years and years, and like this never-ending cycle. Fucked yeah. with his head to the point where he wanted it out, and the only way out was to become a killer himself. Ooh, and so that's these good. new, and so these new people like find his journal, maybe mm-hmm. the last bits where he goes crazy or ripped out, and like they learn about him, and then they find out it's him. Ooh, word, cool. Uh, Annika, do you want to go next? Yes, I can. I'm. I apologize because I'm not good at writing log lines. So my. That's okay. <laughs> Me neither. It takes practice. I think mine are kind of extensive and long i i i went to film school still can never quite figure it out so my <laughs> log line is dead by daylight a dark night in the woods Ooh, okay <laughs> that leaves a lot of room for imagination <laughs> <laughs> firstly i was reading the lore for some of the survivors one of them that, that stood out to me was claudette because she's one of the very first survivors that was introduced in the game i think she's like one of the originals she's a botanist she seemed really cool to me so this is this would be about her um her sister has just gone missing outside of the town of weatherfield so she's had to gather a group of friends to help her search the woods local law enforcement has been notified of her friend's disappearance but they seem unwilling to aid her in her search they warn her of a string of disappearances in the woods and claim that it would be too high of a risk to send officers or search parties into those woods. So the group decides to venture in by themselves. And once they arrive, they immediately find themselves turned around with no way of figuring out how to get out. Technology has gone haywire and the path that they used to enter the woods has somehow disappeared overnight. Uh, That night, they're visited by a man who introduces himself as Ben Baker, who claims to have been living off the grid in the woods by choice that night the group is visited by pyramid head or another killer whoever who kidnaps someone from the group the eventual twist would be similar to matt matt's pits actually that ben baker 
is actually the killer and he's been waging psychological warfare on the group to increase their fear level so that he can appease his creator. And I also have a note um, that the entity who, like we learn about through Ben's notes, would be referenced, but Ben would never fully explain or flesh out exactly what or who it is because I don't believe in explaining supernatural occurrences in movies. Also, if you guys have seen Annihilation, I was inspired by the beginning of that film because without any spoilers, in Annihilation, once they go into the zone, they, they like there's like a day where they wake up and they realize that it's been days and they've just been asleep for days and they have they're so turned around, nothing is working, they, they can't figure out what's going on. And I love that atmosphere and would want to bring something similar like that into our film. I agree. I yeah. think Annihilation's a really good reference. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say? No. Uh, this is a mashup action horror movie. On his deathbed, Jigsaw is visited by the entity who bestows terrible power out onto him. Jigsaw uses his newfound powers to continue the entity's twisted game. And in this one, Jigsaw would be the one who, like, brings all of the killers and all of the survivors into the entity's realm through, like, you know, entity magic. And he would be the one who designs, like, the game where you... They have to fix the generators before the the killers, you know, sacrifice them on hooks. I have like a few main characters written down and it would be about them teaming up with Benedict Baker to, you know, uh, get to Jigsaw and, you know, uh, stop him. So you said the first one would have Jigsaw. Does that mean that it would have the vibe of a Saw movie? I actually was kind of thinking it would have the vibe of an avengers movie because in Uh, that idea i pictured all of the killers and survivors mm -hmm. uh being summoned into the universe Mm -hmm. which would mean we get ash williams we would get mike myers i I had like i only had like four specific characters that uh were gonna be the main characters and jigsaw would be like the big main villain but like all the all the other killers would be um present i do like that idea i think like having to micromanage like a bunch of little side plots with all these killers because you'd want to give them equal footing Mm -hmm. would be a little difficult for us yeah i i agree um but yeah what do we think what what do we want to go with what do we want to explore i still want to make ben baker a murderer yeah but that's just me and i think we should definitely keep the like the crazy mysterious cosmic elements of it Mm -hmm, for Mm -hmm. sure just because like when i was reading it like i get that the whole like repetition thing is mostly there so it could continuously be a multiplayer game that you play over Mm -hmm. and over again Uh but i think that's a really wild concept that i would love to see in a movie yeah like we could be we could be cheeky at the end and like they escape but then they don't actually escape and they have to do it all over again (laughs) like a groundhog's day kind of thing yeah, and that opens up for sequels, you know. So. <laughs> True. Absolutely. I mean, I think Ben Baker talks about that repetition in the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in his journals. Yeah, because he says, like, I keep waking up and redoing this and doing it over and over again. 
Is it that they like their memories get erased when they repeat it or something like that? Um, that might be a plot point, but we don't have to keep it. I think that's potentially very interesting. That their memories are erased? Yeah, and that perhaps like journaling and like seeing, reading his like jogs their memories. That actually is a great point. I was thinking maybe like he's he's brought to a point where perhaps the entity like offers him to become a killer to escape this as like his only thing. Otherwise, he'll just have to keep going through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a question. So are, are we never going to have seen we're never going to see Benedict Baker like in his non killer form, right? I was thinking potentially we could do like a double narrative thing. Like while they read his journal, like we can like have scenes oh. in which we see him. Oh, oh. And so like maybe when like the mask is removed at the end, like and we see that it's Benedict Baber, it's like, <gasps> you know. Yeah. I, I had a thought. Mm-hmm. So playing like jumping off of that and also what you were saying, Cassidy, about the timeline thing and the dimension thing. What if there's two Benjamin Baker, one that gets pulled from a different timeline, and we That's see him freaky. as oh my god, he is before the trials, and then one of him who is this version of himself who's already been through the trials and become something evil. And so at the end, when the mask is removed, we see that we see that there's actually two that exist in this universe. That's really good. That's also, so that like, up. and I feel like <laughs> I feel like at some point there should be like a a tiny cameo where they meet like Benjamin Baker like as like a teenager or something like before anything has happened, and he's just blissfully unaware, and they they can't help him. There's nothing they can do. Oh, like they like they have a vision, or like they're shown him when he was really young, or like they. Do you think maybe they're from a few years in his past? I think and... we could like add him there and like it doesn't even necessarily have to actually be him. It could just be an illusion, but we don't have to explain it because yeah. it's like fucking with Yeah. their heads. Oh, it could <laughs> No, I just thought of something really, really dumb. Like maybe <laughs> no, at go the very for it. end. This is a slasher go. movie. Very, very end, there's only <laughs> one survivor left. She gets home and she she sits down she gets a call from her sister her sister just had a baby she's named the baby (laughs) (laughs) no wait that's awesome (laughs) benedict baker is her uh niece no not nephew Nephew. oh my god that's crazy (laughs) that's wild this is like this is also giving me like very weird twisted Doctor Who. Yeah. That's okay. I love this. Um I do think that if we are going to make Benedict Baker one of the killers, I think we should choose an existing killer and just, you know, throw out the lore of whatever that other killer was. I agree. I in my initial pitch, I wanted it to be our clown guy. But I felt like his vibe didn't really match the Benedict Baker that yeah. was in the journals. Yeah, the clown's a little too specific. He's yeah, because he sucks fingers. You know, it's yeah, like... he Does has he? a keychain of fingers. Ugh. He throws potions around, 
and he, he likes salty ones i think i read in the flavor text <laughs> yeah um he yeah and he also doesn't wear a mask i have two pitches for who we could say benedict baker is let's hear him we could either have him be the wraith who is like this weird forest sort of messed up spirit kind of thing or we could have him be uh the blight which is this like weird monster that like has a cloak and like a messed up glowing mouth with like teeth and glowing eyes oh also i think the lore behind the blight too is like he knew benedict baker like when he was human because this guy used to be human his name was talbot grimes oh that's perfect grimes yeah so we could instead just (laughs) yes grimes (laughs) we could uh, we could instead uh throw away talbot grimes completely and just say that this is benedict baker i i think that grimes's character design is cooler so i lean towards him i just yeah i really love his weird like Mm -hmm. drooping maw i also think the the weapon he uses is called um bone buster and it is a cane that has a sharp spike at the top of it his cane if you look very closely just says property of benedict baker (laughs) yeah yeah no wait that's you joke but that's actually a good idea Oh, like he drops his cane at some point. Like they, maybe they wound him or something. And he drops yeah. his cane. They're like, oh they... shit. And then Scooby-Doo takes the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we're joking about Scooby-Doo, but who is the, the gang of kids that we want to be a part of this? Because I have a list of names, which, you know, we can take or leave. Um, but do you guys have any like... Uh, specific survivors you want to be the main characters i know annika you said claudette morel yeah i was just leaning towards her because i liked her lore the most out of all the original characters and thought it would be nice to have one of the originals in there just as like a an homage to the game i didn't read through enough but i did like jeff just because you know He's art school trash, so I felt like he was a kindred spirit. (laughs) Um, All right, cool. So we've got Claudette and Jeff. I was thinking, I think we should have four. Yeah. So just so that we can have, you know, some of them die and we can have a final character. A final girl. I had some people I was thinking, I was thinking Jake Park could be one of them. He's also one of the originals, I'm pretty sure. And I was thinking he could be played by Steven Yoon. Yes, um, and totally. he would be great to kill because he is annoying. <laughs> you, you wait, Steven Yeun's annoying? No, no, nah. no, 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 no. I, I, Jake Park. I read his. Oh, lore. Jake Park. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not yes, talking yes. about the actor at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I agree. Steven Yoon is an amazing man, yes. but he can play an annoying asshole mm-hmm. who gets killed by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> sure. So we got Jeff. We got Claudette. We got Jake Park. Who should our fourth be? Do you feel strongly about anyone in particular? Uh, not really. I just kind of chose these at random and assigned a celebrity that I thought looked the most like them. Because mm-hmm. you know okay. you've just been killing them, so you don't have any yeah. particular connection. The only, the only, the only survivor I like the most is uh, 
fucking what's his name from Stranger Things. Oh, Steve. Oh yeah. Yeah, Steve. Steve Harrington. Yeah. Um. What's what's his face? His actor. He's, Joe he's down. Yeah, Joe Keery's down. He was in that that weird uh, influencer horror movie. Wait, what? <laughs> Which one? Uh, I, I fuck. I forgot its name. I think it's called Ride. He played like this guy who was obsessed with becoming an influencer so he had like this uber type thing and he would kill people and it was um it was all through like security cameras and phone cameras and stuff that's crazy yeah i think it was on shutter i'm not sure check it out all right so do we want to just have joe keery be a an unrelated character or do we just want to put steve harrington in this just put steve in why not all right cool steve harrington fourth uh (laughs) fourth fourth survivor cool uh i have a question how does this movie start where do we start where do we begin i think we want to start with uh ben baker getting chased and killed so it's a surprise later when he appears oh okay Mm -hmm. as like a person being chased again good idea can i ask where is our location like where is the movie set um I enjoyed the town that was described in the journals that, like, I think canonically it starts. Yeah. So it'd be Weatherfield, right? Weatherfield sounds good to me. Okay. And then naturally, you know, once they get into the entity's domain, it starts, like, being quantumly weird. Okay, cool. So we see that, and then we're in Weatherfield. Claudette Morel is our main character, and Mm -hmm. she knows Jake Park jeff um and then she somehow knows steve harrington do we want to do we want them to encounter steve in the entity's domain that's what i was thinking oh yeah cool cool and his chips ahoy not chips ahoy (laughs) scoops ahoy outfit oh that'd be so funny if like he came in and he just has like a fucking ice cream scoop and he's like where am i uh what are what are what's our beginning plot here what what is their reason for tampering in the domain of the entity someone's sister or brother or something or other went missing perhaps yeah annika you said something about uh claudette's sister in your pitch um yeah i said well in my pitch claudette's sister goes missing um in the woods and so that's why claudette goes into the woods to find her because yeah i wrote law enforcement refuses to help because they see the woods as a high-risk area and don't want to risk anyone else. And then we could have, like, a very apt, like, uh, cops are useless, so we can get the camera. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Oh, also, one thing I I liked about the descriptions of the survivors that I was reading in the wiki is that they all seem kind of, like, weird outsiders who don't really get along with people well. So I feel like we could incorporate that into everyone's character a little bit. Like maybe Claudette doesn't have many friends. She's forced to ask Jeff, who she doesn't really know. I like to think Jeff is a, a kind soul who just looks tough and scary and oh, maybe, offers help. Maybe Jake's like the one that she doesn't yeah. know well, but is kind of forced to Or the to one that's him. hard to, yeah. Yeah. What does Jake offer that they would work so hard to make him help them. According to the lore, isn't Jake, like, already living kind of in the woods? 
Oh, so maybe he's like their unwilling guide. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff is like, yeah, hey, I know a guy who knows the forest and might be willing to help us, but we got to like, you know, pay him. Or maybe he's unwilling to go too far into the forest. Yeah, it's fine. And then like for some reason they have to go deeper in than he's comfortable with and he's stuck with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can they go into like an Alice in Wonderland S rabbit hole thing, like some like opening to a secret area? Like a Pan's Labyrinth style archway. Ooh, an archway would be really cool. Maybe they're like attacked by wolves or something. Yeah, I was gonna say I wonder if this is the point where we could like introduce like something evil that's chasing them and maybe they're forced into this archway so it's less of a choice. Yeah. Because like I can't really think of a reason why they would willingly I mean, aside from Claudette wanting to find her sister, but she's not going to necessarily know that this archway has anything to do with that. Can they get attacked or, like, chased by something that they think is wolves and it turns out to be big-ass spiders? Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. And this will be, like, the first signs of, like, something's, like, not right here, you know? (laughs) How big are these spiders? Like, dog size. I don't think we want to human it. Maybe, like, later they could be Mm -hmm. human sized. Mm -hmm. Maybe, it, like, once they run deep enough into the, like, doorway or whatever, it, like, it, like we, like, are treated to a little shot of the gross spider dogs, like, disintegrating into black smoke. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. So it's, like, psychological. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the right. entity's trick. When they come out onto the other side, are they still in the woods? Yeah, I was think. I that's what I was picturing is like they were still in the woods, and the only thing that changes when they go in is that it gets foggier. Oh, maybe they could stumble upon like an area that we'd recognize in the game as like mm. where the killer chases you. Uh, like it's yeah. still a woodsy area, yeah. but it's like you know abandoned buildings and whatnot. That's yeah, like idea. that. Uh, one of those farm levels where there's like a little cornfield and like a dilapidated buildings. And they could be like, oh, Jake, do you recognize this place? And he's like, no, nah, I didn't even know there was anything like this out here in the woods. Yeah, yeah, that's so mysterious and spooky. And, like, maybe they, maybe, like, while they're walking through, they, like, see these hooks, like, everywhere, and, like, what are these? And so, do they meet Steve Harrington here? Oh, what if they meet him? They What if they meet him and he is trapped? I like that. What if it's like... Have you guys seen Rango? Uh, With the, the lizard? Johnny Depp chameleon? The Johnny Depp lizard, yes. Yeah. Yes. What if it's like that scene from Rango where that little frog is trying to tell him to blend in? Oh, and he's like... He's like... Oh, and he's like, guys, you gotta hide. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And then... They don't hide quick enough and... Uh, Hatchet. It's gonna... Almost hits him in the head. Like, yeah, like nearby, like narrowly misses someone's head. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they see the huntress. And her tall like, run. Yeah, yeah. At this point, you should kill someone off. Because I feel like a good early death is needed <laughs> to make a good slasher. Well, are we keeping the whole uh, repeating thing in which, like, oh, they come right. back? Oh, 
Yeah, no, I think we should. I think you're right. Is it too extreme to say she kills Claudette first? And then Claudette could wander in in a couple scenes? Well, she's our main character. Maybe we could even see from her perspective she, like, comes back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's how she meets Benedict Baker. Oh, oh she okay. meets Benedict Baker in, like, the, the not-afterlife or whatever? Yeah, like, like, uh, like, you know, we have a few, like, we have a few uh, sequences with the Huntress. You know, she throws an axe, she, mm-hmm. you know wounds someone and then like in the ensuing action an axe like she like i don't know cuts claudette's head off or like splits her head in two or something and then it like cuts to black immediately from that and then claudette wakes up in a different place and she's with benedict baker and benedict can give her the journal which will be their survival bible I would like this Benedict that she meets to be kind of old, and this is the him right before he becomes a killer. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, yeah. She, like, just meets him for one scene, and he disappears, and he gives her the journal. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'm not going to need this anymore. Ooh. Or I'm oh, going. Oh, my God. Yeah. She has the journal, and what? Does she immediately start reading it, or what happens now? Mm. I think she could start reading it, but I don't think we should explain anything to the audience yet. So we don't we don't get to see what's on the page. And maybe while she's reading, it cuts back to the rest of our crew and we see them like escape the farm. So I think maybe Steve gives maybe some information once they're clear of the Huntress. That's a good idea. Just yeah. to explain some things. What should he tell them? Maybe he should say some like Stranger Things ass stuff where he like talks about like how he was like confronted by this weird entity and he thought like he was being sucked into the underground or something. Or not the underground. What was it called in Stranger the Things? The upside down. Yeah, the upside down. And he's like, that's what he's calling this place. And then I don't know, Jake Park and Jeff are like, That's crazy. This is not a different dimension. This is the woods. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's like, shut up, Dustin would believe me, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then maybe he reveals that he's from, like, what What year is it in Stranger Things? 1988 or some shit like that? I think it's, like, mid-80s, yeah, early 80s. That's 80s. Yeah, he, re- he reveals, like, what year he's from or whatever. And then, like, our main characters are like, uh, bro, it's, like, 2012 or, like, whatever year uh, this takes place in. And he's like, what? That's not possible. Then some rando from, like, the Middle Ages runs by being chased by someone. Or not. Oh, you know what? They, no, that's a great idea. They, they could meet, they could meet someone from, like, the Middle Ages or something who speaks, like, Old English, and they, they can't understand anything he's saying, and they just leave him behind. I think maybe they should run back into Claudette. Yeah, she like she remembers going in there with them, but she doesn't remember what happened to her. So when they were like, Claudette, you died. She's like, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, what are you holding? And it's the journal. Yeah, and then we get to investigate the journal. Maybe they could find some like safe house and they could dissect. They stumble upon some strange new environment like uh, uh, the auto body shop or whatever. Is the auto body shop one of the levels in the game? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's one of I think the original ones, if I remember correctly. Oh. Cool. So what do we learn in this reading of the journal? Because I don't think they should read the whole thing. Yeah, and we don't have to be too beholden to like the, the official lore. We can like make up whatever they, whatever is important to this story. I do like what's in the journal though, and oh, I think the yeah. the stuff about like oh. Um, you know, summer of 1956, like the mm -hmm. people in this town aren't telling me what's going on. I've woken up in a strange place. I think, you know, all that's relevant to them. Okay, cool. At this point. And then maybe a different version of Benedict mm -hmm. Baker can run into them now. Oh, yeah. That's what like interrupts their journal reading. Oh, I like one of these entries explains the campfire because he says he was going off into the woods to find out why people were going missing and he woke up next to a campfire and that's what started this whole thing for him. Maybe earlier, uh, Claudette woke up at a campfire. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think they're reading aloud and then Benedict walks up behind them all reading the same thing from his journal. Oh, yeah, oh. he like recites the line to them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're confronted with him. Claudette's weirded out by it because she's just seen this guy, but this guy's younger now. Does she and he tell seems him? To... Uh, oh, yeah, good... she totally did. I yeah? think she totally should, and he's like, well, I don't know who you are, but... Um, oh, also, a detail I wanted to note. I think that she should notice Benedict Baker's, like, cane when he's old, mm -hmm. like when he steps away, I think he should be like, he, sh he should have a cane just so we can flash back to it when we finally get a good look at the ultra killer that is chasing them. True. Um, okay, cool. So they've now met Benedict. What happens now? Generators. Are we doing that? I was, I was thinking that because I feel like they have to have an objective other than just running around and hiding. Though I th I think the generators are kind of clunky and weird. Yeah. So I don't know what the substitution would be. Well, yeah, that's that's the that's the tricky thing is we don't want this to be too gamified. Yeah. Is there something that we could do that is a little bit more flashy than generators that they have to fix? Um, for the yeah. door. There, I mean, if you want to get real mystical with it, there are also shrines in the game that you have to destroy. But in, in the actual game, those shrines, those shrines, like if you destroy them, it just like deactivates power that um the killer has. But we could just repurpose it and say that the shrines are what keeps the door closed. And if they can find them and destroy them without the killers knowing, uh, then they can open a door. Yeah. And I think that the generators are, are really useful as a game mechanic, but I don't, I don't they know. They don't like, make sense. Putting it in this like really like metaphysical film and yeah, I just don't know how it would fit that. Yeah. That's why in my first pitch, I pitched Jigsaw as like the main villain because yeah, that kind of fit his whole aesthetic where it's like, Fair, fix yeah. all these generators and you get out and you get to live and we'll you know put you in another trial or whatever but in this in this sense this is like some kind of eldritch monstrosity that's like mm -hmm. just keeping everything here and it wouldn't make sense for it to just kind of like 
sprinkle generators all over the place that people need to fix in order to leave. I think something a little more like esoteric or mystical would be could be fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Maybe it could also be something that they have to acquire from the killers. Ooh. Because in, in the game, like, you kind of fight back, but maybe we could push that a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in horror movies, like, the survivors fight back on the killers all the time. I wonder if maybe killing the killers then could weaken the entity enough to loosen his hold on the area so then they would be able to escape back through the archway oh shit hold on i'm having a big brain moment here what what is brain blast? i'm having blast. a i'm having a brain blast <laughs> what if the only way to escape is to kill the version of yourself that turns into one of these killers dude <laughs> yeah I like, like that <laughs> in order for benedict baker to escape he needs to kill the blight because that's what he turns into so we would introduce one killer i guess per person Oh. Yeah, so what if we just scrap the killer's lores entirely and say that the Blight is Benedict Baker, Evan McMillan, the Trapper. It, what do you what do you think of him as Jake Park? Like Jake Park turns into the Trapper because Jake Park's like survivally. Mhm. And then Claudette is the Huntress and Jeff is the Hillbilly. What what do you guys think? What do you think Jeff should turn into? Maybe he's like a he maybe he's like the comic relief character so he's the clown. oh man maybe oh this is a bad idea this is a very Uh terrible idea but instead of um instead of fingers it's like toes and like jeff Uh, and like as a normal man has like a foot fetish (laughs) (laughs) that's like a secret (laughs) it's let's do it all right sure all right added (laughs) It's something I will note in the, <laughs> the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. It's it's Jeff's clue is he likes toes. Um, oh my and, God. and then the reason he re- realizes he becomes the clown is he sees the key ring full of toes. Oh, my God. And he, and he sucks on him. You know, the clown, clown him sucks on him. He's like, wait. Gross. <laughs> That's so nasty. Oh, this is troubling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Steve also, Harrington... it sends a message. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it sends a message to people who are too into feet that you know you're a terrible person. Yeah, you're a monster. <laughs> a monster. <laughs> so I think we can keep what we have. I mm-hmm. think when we introduce the huntress i think maybe there should be some kind of clue that it's claudette mm-hmm. oh are we gonna keep um that they like meet a medieval man or are we gonna scrap that i think maybe like we could have like the the medieval person like walk by and then like whoever the medieval themed monster they seen soon after you know to clue them in that there are like themes going on oh yeah um, yeah Oh, maybe it could be, this could be a cool visual. What if it was like, uh, like a, like a Japanese, like samurai or like a, a peasant 
or something. Probably a samurai, and then they're being pursued by the oni. Oh, yeah. What Go is ahead. Claudette's backstory? In the official lore, she's a bot- botanist who spends all her time on subreddits teaching people about botany. So maybe then, like, the huntress could be using, like, poisonous herbs or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, yeah. We haven't decided on one for Steve Harrington, but maybe we just lose track of him. Oh. Yeah, poor Steve. Maybe he, maybe he gets sacrificed. He's the one person <laughs> who gets hooked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he gets hooked, and we see what happens to someone when they get hooked. And then maybe, uh, maybe Benedict's like, when you get hooked, you don't come back. Yeah, and like he, oh, he and then he like, like touches his shoulder and says, it almost happened to me once, according to my journal, but I escaped. Because mm-hmm. remember, we have that scene in the beginning where he gets hooked. Oh, yeah. We get a little info dump on where they are and like maybe Benedict's findings. And would we say that Benedict knows what to do or is this before he knows what to do? I think they could find it through the journal because the mm-hmm. journal's farther than even he has it. So like he I would assume he'd really want to like read ahead. Oh, maybe this is where they introduce the idea of bonfires. Like maybe the trapper shows up and they have to run from him. Uh-huh. And ooh, may- and maybe this is also where they see what's his name? Steve Harrington get like sacrificed. Like he's running towards them. He's like, "Guys, thank God." Yeah, and he like steps yeah. in a bear trap and then the <laughs> trapper like oh. grabs him and then takes him away and puts him on a hook. As he goes up, he's yelling, "Dustin!" <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then then they get to a bonfire, and maybe that's that's where they learn that the the killers won't go near the bonfires. Maybe I think the bonfire, like the fire, can only last so long. Otherwise, they just yeah. like you know camp it. Maybe the whole like destroying the shrines thing could be like a bit of a red herring. Like it does weaken them, the killers particularly, so that they, they could be killed. Mm-hmm. But they think that that's how you open the gate, but it's not. It's killing the killers. So we lose Jeff and Jake and maybe Claudette and Ben are the only ones who escape. Maybe they can go to the shrine, go to a shrine, destroy it, and then they try to go to the exit and they realize the exit is still blocked. And at this point, they're like, oh shit, we didn't think about what would happen if this was still the case. And... A killer catches up to them and, like, Jeff is killed. Maybe when he gets hooked, the clown disappears <gasps> to indicate, you know, that there's oh, a connection. Yeah. Oh, And as this happens, maybe they see Jeff, like, being floated off into the sky, like, and dissolved into nothingness. May- oh, and she maybe puts it together? Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, these killers are us. And then she lists out all the clues and she's like, you know, mm-hmm. the trapper knows he's he knows survival like you, Jake. He knows like traps. The huntress knows herbs like me and uh, the clown liked toes like Jeff did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she says, and, you know, the killer or like the clown likes toes and Jeff and she stops and she's like, well, you know, Jeff's funny like a clown. <laughs> like he doesn't want to like, yeah. like that. <laughs> but you know, you know we know yeah 
I think they should go after the the trapper. Because, yeah, because part of me feels like just for dramatic tension, Claudette should be left alone at the end to, like, 1v1 the Huntress. I Yeah, I, I like this. I, I like the, I have the, an image where, like, the Huntress throws an axe at her and misses, and she, like, pulls the axe out of the wall, and then it's axe versus axe. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they have an axe fight. <laughs> Guys, I'm just realizing, like, if it's, like, defeating yourself and we're casting uh, Lupita in this, this is going to be like... Oh my god, we're doing us! <laughs> <laughs> what is their plan to find the killers and kill them? I'm sure, I'm sure Jake knows how to set traps. Yeah, Jake... Yeah, yeah, they like tr- create a diversion or something where they're trying to lure the trapper into a trap. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure goes perfectly and they get it in one shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly (laughs) no No tension needed yeah none at all he blunders right into it and dies um (laughs) no they all go yay it's very (laughs) triumphant moment like what happens if they do beat the trapper i feel like maybe when they kill a killer some of the like the magic or whatever that keeps this this plain functional weakens in such a way that the environment around them starts to decay like maybe when they kill the kill the trapper like uh the farmhouse crumbles to to the ground it's very much like Coraline. like maybe the yeah the, the world gets smaller and suddenly like they're in a new area because all like shrank around like into the into itself yeah 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 Ooh, what if they're on their way to fight the huntress, but then the the blight comes along and it like separates her from Jake and Benedict. Oh, that's a good idea. And so then yeah. she has to run away and fight the huntress on her own while they deal with the blight. And then maybe that's when Benedict realizes, like, oh shit, this is me. Mm-hmm. Maybe what they've been thinking is that these creatures like represent their biggest fears, but they haven't a hundred percent put together that it's literally just themselves. And this fight with the blight is what like makes like forces Ben to figure it out. He's like, Oh, this isn't just like a metaphorical version of my biggest fear. This is literally me. Okay. So then the blight chases after Jake Park and Benedict. Mm-hmm. Claudette goes off and fights the huntress she wins and then what happens i i feel like she should have this fight in front of the gate too yeah should she go through should she wait for jake and ben or should she she should she just go through i think she would go back to try to help them Mm -hmm. yeah so then in that case uh what's happening with jake and uh benedict when they get to when they get there i think Jake has to sacrifice himself so that Ben can deal the killing blow. Something like that. Mm-hmm. What if Ben has been stuck in this for so long that at this point, what if the Blight is just, like, too powerful to be killed? Like, the Huntress is kind of new, so she's a little, a little bit weaker, but the Blight is... Super strong. Super strong. The strongest one they faced. And Ben decides, like, you know what? 
I will just hold this being off and you guys get out. And he, like, decides to stay behind. Mm-hmm. Wait, what if... Okay, so they saw that Jeff got hooked earlier and that got rid of his. So maybe... Uh, maybe Ben hooks himself so that <gasps> his sacrifice oh. will get rid oh. of him. Oh, fuck. Which is pretty, pretty metal sad boy, you know? That is extremely metal sad boy. And, like, before they leave, he, like tosses the journal to them and he's like remember me (laughs) tell my story (laughs) (laughs) so then benedict hooks himself defeating the blight and then it maybe makes one last mad charge at our heroes before it turns into black smoke maybe like right before it touches them like the it turns to black smoke and just kind of like vapes on them yeah yeah Yeah, and then the gate opens for Claudette and Jake. Um, and then they walk through. Yeah. And then the movie's over. We have a last suspenseful scene, and that is, is that Claudette real? Wait, okay. Here's the thing. We never resolved Claudette's sister issue. Yeah, maybe she comes back into a timeline where her sister was never missing. Oh, that's freaky. And then it is revealed that Benedict Baker is her nephew. Uh huh. Sure. And Jake is the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So everyone, everyone has a happy ending. I would like when they when they leave the gate that they uh-huh. find the car that they came here in, and as they're driving, they see all like through the windows like all the other dimensions and all the other killers that are in the game. And just like what they're escaping, then you know, goes yeah. through some fog, comes out to the normal world again. Oh, that's so unsettling. Are we gonna be seeing like licensed killers like Pyramid Head and Ghostface, or just like the non licensed? In like ones? foggy vignettes, yeah. 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 Okay. Would it would it be so dumb, like once they get back out, they find the car, um, they get cell service back and Claudette gets a call and it's her sister and she was like, Oh yeah, I was just I was just camping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh mom's so paranoid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, my son Ben Baker and I <laughs> <laughs> Of course I was gone. I was giving birth in the hospital. <laughs> I was giving birth in the woods. <laughs> I wanted a natural birth, and I meant natural. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why not, man? This movie's been pretty crazy and dumb so far. <laughs> no reason to stop that now. What about this is dumb? <laughs> yeah. This is so intellectual and smart. <laughs> Very. Like all slashers, this is high art. <laughs> Did you not hear the part about how we said we have to kill your inner demons? It's pretty deep shit, bro. Did you not hear the part about how Jeff likes toes? Just like the clown? Exactly. Alright, I think we're done with this movie. Can I recap it now? Yeah, go ahead.
We open on a shot of a man running through a forest. This is the man we know as Benedict Baker. He is being pursued by some sort of unseen monstrous killer, and he is grabbed by the killer and put onto a hook. And we hear these unearthly crackling noises and the sky grows bright before we cut to the real world. Claudette Morel is looking for her sister. Her sister has been missing for quite a few days and she cannot get a hold of her. The police refuse to look for her in the woods as it is too dangerous in the woods and the town of Weatherfield. People in Weatherfield seem to have some kind of aversion to the deep wooded areas. She confides this in her friend Jeff, a kindly grifter who lives in the town. Jeff tells her that he knows a guy who might be willing to help if they have enough money to pay him. This man is named Jake Park, a man that is living on the edge of the forest, sort of off the grid, just doing his own thing. They acquire his help and they go into the woods. Jake refuses to go too deep into the woods and says that at a certain point they will need to stop. They come across this strange archway with a very odd symbol at the top of it. And while they are looking at this, Claudette wants to continue further. Jake says no, and Jeff is sort of mediating the two when they are ambushed by these monstrous dog-sized spider creatures that chase them through the gateway. And as they are escaping these creatures, they disappear into black smoke. Our heroes are now walking through this deep shrouded woods. Everywhere is getting a lot more uh, foggy and misty and it's hard to see and they become disoriented. They eventually come upon this farm area that Jake didn't know was in this part of the woods. They, he said there's nothing out here like this. They're investigating this area when suddenly they are told to hide by a strange young man wearing a blue sailor's uniform that says Scoops Ahoy on it. This is Steve Harrington. He's telling them to hide as there is someone chasing him trying to kill him. As he reveals his information, an axe flies into the wall, narrowly missing Claudette and her friends, and they see a hulking figure wielding a large woodcutting axe. This is the Huntress. The Huntress pursues them, uh, they run from her, uh, the Huntress ends up catching up with Claudette and splitting her skull open with her axe. Everything goes dark. Claudette wakes up by a bonfire. Next to her is an elderly man. This man is Benedict Baker. He introduces himself as such. This is the man we saw in the beginning, but much older. He looks to her and hands her a old ratty journal that he says he will have no more need of. He then stands up and walks into the mist and is not seen again. She begins to read through it. We cut back to Jake, Jeff, and Steve. They evade the Huntress, and it is revealed that Steve is from the year 1985, which is not possible since Jeff and Jake are from the years 2012. This discussion is cut short by um, witnessing a Japanese samurai being chased by a giant hulking oni demon. They run away from this situation and eventually run back into Claudette. Claudette reveals that she just woke up 
by this bonfire and that an old man gave her this book and her friends are astounded that she is still alive. They tell her that they saw her die, which she does not remember. She doesn't remember anything other than going through the archway and then waking up at this bonfire. They continue on to find somewhere they can safely shelter themselves and come across this strange auto body like wreckage dump place. They hide away in one of the structures and Claudette begins to read from this book that she's been reading from. It reveals that they are in this strange interdimensional time space where there are twisted killers that are trying to sacrifice people on hooks and it is the realm of it is something called the realm of the entity where if you die you come back to life. As they are reading this the young Benedict Baker reveals himself and says that that is his journal and how do they have it because he has his journal on him. More information about the realm is revealed through Benedict's findings but their conversation is cut short by the trapper appearing and chasing them out of the auto body repair shop. On the way out Steve Harrington steps in a bear trap and is lifted onto a hook where we see these monstrous spider legs sprout out plunge into him and he is evaporated into black smoke. When they return to the bonfire, they do not find him. And Benedict reveals that in his experiences, people who go on those hooks do not come back to life. In the safety of the bonfire, as the light begins to dwindle from the fire, they read more into the book and it is revealed that there are these shrines that are depictions of the killers and that these may, destroying these may weaken the killers and may help the survivors escape. They find one that is in the um, likeness of a clown and they attempt to destroy it. Once they do so though, they do attract the attention of the clown. The clown bears a strange resemblance to Jeff and it, it has a key ring of toes on its belt which is something that Jeff is also sort of into. In their confrontation, Jeff is wounded and the clown puts Jeff on a hook. And when Jeff disappears, the clown disappears. Claudette and Benedict put together that this means that the killers and the survivors are linked somehow and they rack their brains trying to think of how this is possible. Claudette comes to the conclusion that the killers are very much like each other. Claudette saw the Huntress using poisonous herbs to lace her axes with. Jake saw the trapper using many trapping methods he uses to catch food in the woods. They don't know what to do with this information just yet until they consult Benedict's journal, wherein it says a cryptic final entry. In order to escape this place, you must kill the darkness inside of you. They decide that they must go after these twisted versions of themselves. And so they decide to go after the trapper first, as he was the last one they saw. Jake sets a trap. They all lie in wait to try and surprise the trapper. It, of course, does not go as smoothly as they had hoped. The trapper smells a trap from a mile away and they have to improvise and it almost becomes deadly, but they do end up killing the trapper. And when they do this, they notice a very 
distinct change in the environment. The world shifts around them to become smaller, and suddenly the auto body shop disappears and other parts of the environment that they had seen race towards them as this part of the world disappears. They decide that they are going to go after the Huntress next since Claudette has identified that as herself. On the way to confront the Huntress, another monster, the Blight, confronts them and separates Benedict and Jake from Claudette. Claudette is forced to flee and defeat the Huntress on her own. She does this in front of a large gate, very similar to the one that they entered in, but this one is closed. It has the same symbol at the top, it does not appear that she can move through it. Standing in front of the gate is the Huntress, and they do battle, and Claudette just barely wins. When she does so, the world shifts again, and she sees that the gate opens in her presence. She stands at the gate and decides to go back to help Jake and Benedict. She goes back and sees that the Blight is thoroughly whooping Jake and Benedict's ass. She comes to try and help them. The Blight, though, is too strong. It overpowers all three of them and hooks Jake. Benedict, in, a, in an effort to save him, strikes the Blight in the head with the cane and he realizes that this, in the last moment, that the Blight takes a notice of his journal, and he realizes that the Blight is him. The Blight bears down on Jake and Claudette, and Benedict, in his final act of heroism, decides to hook himself, destroying the Blight for good, and allowing Jake and Claudette to escape on their own. Jake and Claudette come to the gate, they walk through it, they find the car that they had come here in, and as they drive through the forest, they see many silhouettes of many of the killers. Some that they had seen, some that they had not seen, all standing watching them leave, as eventually the fog clears and they return to the real world. Claudette, upon regaining cell service, gets a call from her sister. Her sister saying that she was not missing, she was merely camping, and during her camping trip, she had given birth to a nephew that she had decided to name Ben. Edict. Benedict, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a- another fan-submitted pitch. Ooh, exciting. Woo! Yeah. If you, dear listener, would like to send us a pitch that you would like read on air, you can send it to our email, which is gamerealcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet it at us at gamereal3 on Twitter, because I guess we couldn't just have gamereal. This pitch was sent to us in an email by a friend of the show, Stina. She writes, Hey gamers, this is a biased take coming from me, but perhaps an R-rated Bloodborne movie based around Eileen the Crow and her time as a dream hunter under the blood moon and becoming a hunter of hunters. Anyway, Stan Eileen. Signed, Stina. Also, if you want us to read this, you have to start it with, hey gamers, otherwise... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is my shit right here. I've been wanting to do a Bloodborne episode for so long, but I think it would be very much like a treat that I have to earn because I love that game so much. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Kurt, for our theme song. And his Twitter is at Composer Kurt. And his bandcamp is composerkurt.bandcamp.com. 
And also a huge thank you to Britt Soderstjerna for our album art. And if you want, you can follow her on Twitter at Artzoid. So A-R-T-Z, a zero, I-D. All right. And that is the show. Um, I have been uh, Cassidy Easton. I'm Matt. And I'm Annika. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next uh, next time.